Hello friend, welcome back to the Dress Life Conversations with Irene Kwagala. Uh, I want to say thank you for sticking around with me. If you have been listening to this podcast for a while now, there's been so many changes, there's been a lot of ups and downs, uh, but I'm grateful uh, if you're sticking around to listen, if you're sticking around through all the changes, thank you for bearing with me as I figure this out myself. But I am very grateful that I get to do this. I'm grateful that I get to share my life here. I'm very grateful that I get to share the word of God and I'm very grateful that I get to be your friend on this other side of the internet. So. For those that are new, you're welcome. For those that have been here for a while, thank you for sticking it out. And uh, yeah, I believe it's a journey that God has me on. I'm evolving into the best version of a podcaster that I can be. And I'm grateful that you are here to see all the changes. And thank you for all the love and encouragement. Yeah, I appreciate it. God bless you so much. On this episode, um, I would love to share with you my journey of how I left the faith, the prodigal. (laughs) I want to share with you my journey of being a prodigal. And the reason why I want to share my journey is because I want to talk about, first of all, the love of God, but also the the Ten Commandments. I want to share with you that those Ten Commandments are not there because God is very strict. God is very, uh, very, you know, he's, he's in heaven looking at you and saying, oh, you haven't done this. I'm going to strike you ever. He's not an upset father. He's actually a very loving father who put for us guardrails, right? So the Ten Commandments are guardrails for us to protect us from harm. Just like any loving parent will tell a child, don't go here, don't go there, don't do that, don't touch the fire. It's not because they are withholding anything from you, but it's because they love you very much and they want the very best for you. And so they are trying to protect you. And as I reflect on my life, I realize that every time I per, I perverted away, I don't know if that's the right word, but every time I left those commandments, those rules, those guidelines, I fell into big trouble. And it's just like any child, every home has commandments, every home has rules and regulations. It's like, don't come in after five, don't leave without permission of your parents, don't um, hang out with certain kind of friends. In this house, we don't do this. In this house, we pray before we, we go to bed. In this house, we pray before we leave the house. It's rules that govern the house and they are really to keep order, but they are really to also protect. And the reason why they are there to protect is because 
that the children are really loved and they want them to, you know, to have a good life. And so it's the same thing with us, with God. God is a father and he is a very, very good father. God is such a perfect father. And so these these commandments are like rules in a household where he's like, do not put any other God before me. Like, let me be first in your life. Let me be the very thing you think, the first thing, let me say thing that you think about in the morning. Let me be the person you go to first before you go to your friends. Let me be first in your life. Seek me first. And that because he knows that when you seek him first, he's the ultimate wisdom. He's the ultimate love. He is the one who created you and he knows what you need. So every time you go to him first, you get the real thing that you need. But every time you go to people first, we get the the wrong things. We get people's opinions instead of God's opinion. And we realize that each time we do that, we don't find the right thing and we go off the right paths. But I really think that God was not trying to punish us with all these commandments, but he was looking at the end of the spectrum and he's looking out for us. God is absolutely looking out for us because he already knows the end, right? He already knows the end of your life. He already knows the middle. He knows the conversations you're going to have at 50, 40. And so he really wants to protect you so that you can be able to fulfill the destiny he has for you because your destiny is already predestined. The Bible says in Jeremiah 29, 11, that I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and give you a good future. The Bible says in Ephesians 2.10 that we are God's handworkman created in Christ Jesus to do the works that he predestined. So your destiny has already pre- been predestined. That's why you constantly have to seek the will of God so that you can walk in the destiny that he predestined. If you need the destiny that was already predestined, but then you do not consult first with the one that predestined it, we, we can't get it right. You cannot get it right. And so that is why the first commandment is there. It is there to, to help us to consciously seek God first. So I'll tell a bit of my story. I grew up in church. I don't remember a time I was not in church. I probably was very young when my mom gave her life to Christ. And I grew up in church. I wasn't a perfect child. I was a bit naughty as I grew up. And uh, I did very many things that I'm not very proud of as a young girl. But I got to a place, um, I think that was about 12, that I encountered God for myself. And I began to be very zealous for the Lord. I began to be very turned on to the Lord. I read my Bible constantly. I went to church almost every time the church was opened. 
I was in ministry, in children's ministry. Then I went to the youth ministry. I loved the Lord. I loved the Lord very much. I went to, I went to church all the time. I traveled with my pastor to go and preach in different places. I was discipled by the very, 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 very best people. And um, I loved, I loved my journey. I loved how I lived my life in those few years. I think it was about seven years. But when I was, I think it started when I was 17, I just, um, I got a boyfriend. I got a boyfriend at 17. And when this person came into my life, that was the beginning of just falling away. And you know, falling away from God is, is a slippery slope. You don't wake up in the morning and, oh, just like that you're not you're not going to church anymore it's not that i never i stopped believing in god so i never really lost my faith but i just never went to church anymore i never went as often as i should when this person came into my life and the thing is i never sought god about it i never i never asked god about it this person just came and i don't even know why <laughs> I accepted to be their girlfriend because it just wasn't the right, he's not the kind of person that I would really go out with. But you know, it, it was, it was a temptation and I just fell for it. And once I fell for it, once I didn't ask God, once I didn't pray about it, once I just went blindly, it was like a blind thing, but it really costed me. And this guy, I think he was in that school for like a month or two and he left, right? So after he had, like we had started dating, he left, right? So he probably was somebody that just came in there because it was like a trap that the enemy had set for me that once you know, you start dating this girl, then your job here is done. And when he left, I never heard from him again, but he had planted a seed or the enemy had planted a seed in my life to begin to look and to desire for love. And yeah, that's how this, this journey started that I just began to look around. I just began to, it was like a seed that was planted in me. And two years later, I met somebody else that was 19 and he's the father of my children now. And I began not to go to church completely, completely. I don't want to use the word I lost the faith, but let me use that I left church. In other words, I left home. I left home. I, I, could, I couldn't pray. I, I don't even know where the Bible was. <laughs> and I just fell away. I think the right word to say is fell away. I fell away and I began to date this guy and I began to, I literally just got married, but cohabiting, yeah, it was cohabiting. 
I began to cohabit with this guy, um, even at uni, and before I know it, I was pregnant, and after being pregnant, I, I had a miscarriage, and when I had a miscarriage, this guy said, um, he can't date me anymore, and that was my break. <laughs> I got into a depression, I got into a desperate place, and my life has never been the same again. And uh, I think that was literally three months in, by the way. We hadn't dated like for a year or anything. It was just three months in. And from that time, there was so much cheating. There was so much cheating. There was so much emotional abuse. That it was bad. It was bad. But I was so broken that I could not leave. I just felt like I could not leave. Even when I tried to leave, I always came back. I don't even know why, but I always did come back. And me as a person, I became worse and worse and worse as getting more depressed, as failing in everything. I was failing. I failed in everything. I failed at campus. I started businesses that failed. I was constantly failing, not because as a failure, but I wore an identity of failure. I wore an identity of not being enough. I was stressed and depressed and suicidal. I remember one time I was so tired something had happened and we had had a disagreement and I was so tired and I got rat poison and I was just going to take my life because I did not have a way out. I just felt like I did not have a way out. I was constantly in this dark place that I could not even explain to anyone. But in that moment, I remember that day my son was outside, the door crying and banging, and I was inside with the rot poison, and I was like, God, I'm done, I'm going to go. And he was currently crying, Mommy! <laughs> and I couldn't come out because I was so depressed. I was such in a dark place. But I remember my friend came over, my friend Claire, she came over. I don't know if I called her or she just turned up. She she just randomly turned up. I don't remember. But usually she randomly turned up to my house. So I don't know if I called her or she turned up. And she found me in that place. And uh, I think I hid the rat poison so she didn't know about it. But she really just took me out. She stayed with me. She took me out to to have something to eat. And we talked through the it was morning, we talked the whole day until evening, and she brought me back home. And I'll never forget that day, but I think that was the time I was turned back on to be like, you know what, I need to go back home. I need to go back to God. I need to go back to my father. I need to, this is not it. This is not it. And that was the day I realized, you know what, I could lose my life and 
it's not even worth it. So I decided to go back home. I decided to go back to to a church, but I I wasn't really a church person anymore. So yeah, <laughs> but then I try. I know I try. I did. I tried to go back to church, but I didn't fit in. I tried to get into community. It just it, nothing really seemed to be working at all. So I began to seek God. I began to seek God. I remember I began to fast. I began a fast. I wanted to do 40 days, but I think I did 12. And in those 12 days, my I just began to see the light. I remember seeing the light. I remember just getting up and being and much happier and seeing that, oh, there is a future actually. Oh, I can actually leave this place. Oh, God has a plan for me. I bought a Bible. <laughs> I bought a Bible during that time. I think that was 20, 2016, yeah. I I bought a Bible. I began to read my Bible slowly. I didn't really go back to church because, to be honest, I, I didn't feel at home. I didn't feel like I belonged to church anymore, but I I sought the Lord. I fasted. I didn't know how to pray as much anymore, but I read my Bible and my life began to look up again. And so I 100% believe that when you seek God, you will find him. That scripture that says, seek and you shall find knock and the door will be opened ask and you will be given ask and you will be given seek and you'll find knock and the door will be opened i believe that um yeah when you seek god you will find him and so when i began to seek god when i began to put god first my life began to look up again it's not because the situations changed but something inside of me changed the darkness inside of me disappeared and i began to see the light because the word of god is light the bible says in psalms 1 119 verse 105 that the word of god is the lamp unto my feet is the is the light unto my path and so the word of God began to light my feet. It began to show me where I needed to go, what I needed to do. It began to show me a new path. It, it began to just bring, give me hope in my spirit. It began to give me a glimpse of my future. It began to show me this is not the end. There is more after this. There is more. And so... I would love to say that the first commandment is not that God is, you know, trying to derail you and make you seek him first because, you know, you have another option. But I absolutely believe you don't, we don't have another option. God is the only option that we have everything else flows from him 
The first commandment says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. Before me. In other words, you you cannot have anything else before God. God has to be first. You have to seek God first. If it's in a new relationship and someone has come into your life and you know they're asking you out, seek God first. Talk to God about it before you say yes. Some people come into your life as agents of destruction. They just want to plant a seed of destruction that it may not destroy you there and then, but a few years later, because the seed is in you, it is going to bear fruit and they will bring you down. It will bring you to destruction. So don't put anything before God. Put him first. Don't be too busy. Don't be too occupied to seek God. The Bible says that one day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. If you need to get up early, get up early and seek the Lord first. If you need to make any decision, seek God first. Get into your Bible. The Bible has answers. The Bible, the word of God is light. And I want to encourage anybody, if you are like me in 2016, when you are in a dark place, when you are literally in a dark place and you don't see the end of the tunnel, I want to encourage you that the Lord is there with you. But you see, you've got to turn the light on by seeking him you need to ask him to come into your life you need to open up your bible and read it and let the word of god become the light the bible says in john 1 that the, jesus is the light that the light of the world came into the world the light came into the world and darkness can never comprehend it jesus is the light and I want to invite you, invite, if you don't know God as your, as, if you don't know Jesus as your personal savior, I want to invite you into a relationship with Jesus. He will change your life. He is the light. And once he comes into your life, it is spiritual. He turns on the light inside of you and you begin to see light. You begin to see hope you begin to see that, you know what, this is not the end. There is another way. God has a plan for me. And that is what I wish for you, dear friend. If you're walking through darkness right now, Jesus is the light. And all you need to do is ask him and say, Jesus, come into my life and give me light. In Jesus' name. Um, the second commandment says, you shall not make yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above, on earth, beneath, in waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord, I am a jealousy God. In other words, don't, we shall not have idols. And the thing about idols is that anything you, you put your worship, you're like, Anything you cannot 
put down anything you feel like it has your life anything you feel like you cannot breathe without it anything that you you worship you may not necessarily have an idol you know make a god and be like oh this pot is my god or something yes that is that is absolutely terrible like when you go into this um new age stuff and all that but even as we do life sometimes we can begin to raise idols like money can be an idol um relationships if you're dating or if you're married your husband can become a wife can become an idol because you begin to take them as the ultimate source you begin to take them as the ultimate authority you begin to take them like you cannot forego them you cannot give them up this this i this is your thing right and that is worship because worship is 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 giving adoration to god we have to god is the only one that we have to worship he's the one that has the ultimate authority and so he's the one we have to give our lives and worship him so every time you take that place and put something else that place of worship and put something else that is an idol and that separates you from god idols separate you separate us from god every time you get an idol it begin it become it becomes your god and so you you're separated yeah right there's something between you and god and you we we really don't want that because every time things come between us with and god they give a foothold to the enemy they give a foothold to sin and then we begin to get into we begin to get into oppression and so i pray that the holy spirit who is a reconciler that will reconcile anybody listening to me who has gone off the rail by take you know having go idols right having idols burning sage um just these things that i don't even know what to call them but i hope that you understand but my question to you is that do not put anything do not worship anything else other than god there is nothing more important than god get let's get our priorities straight and know that it is god first it is god first it is him alone that we worship and i'm praying that the holy spirit who is a reconciler will reconcile anybody that has been separated from god that you will be reconciled back to god in the mighty name of jesus the third commandment is do not misuse the name of the lord god um so yeah do not misuse his name like it would be saying god said god told me to do this god you know sometimes we get very familiar <laughs> with god i just like yeah god told me god did this god god told me to do that when really maybe he he's not the one who told you um yeah just 
as not to misuse God's name in vain. I mean, it's like a parent. If you, if you, somebody came and said, your mom said, do this, and she really did not say. If she gets to know that somebody did that, I think she will be upset, right? She, she will not take it um, lightly. I think she'll be like, no, I didn't say that. She will be not happy, right? It's the same thing with God. If someone came and said, God said, and really God did not say. Um, if you misuse someone's name, of course, they're going to be not happy. It's the same thing with God. He's not going to be happy if you misuse his name. And um, it's for to our benefit that, you know, we are in right standing with God. We are in right, you know, right seat, right standing with God. Yeah, it's the right thing to say. So uh, rest, right? To remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Rest is for our own benefit. It is for your own benefit that you rest. Um, it's for your own benefit that you don't overwork yourself because when you overwork yourself, your body, you know, will 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 will, will be damaged or something. And so it's not like God said, "Oh, Sabbath, don't work," because you know there's anything. He wants to take from you. No, he's just looking out for you that, you know what, as, as my child, work six days and just rest. Take this day off. Do something you love. Sit in my presence. Go to church. It's okay to rest. It's not like you have to run, 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 run all the time. So, yeah, keep the Sabbath holy is really for us to 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 be healthy, <laughs> honestly, what a loving God. Um, honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. It is for your own benefit that you honor your mother and father. It is not that, you know, because they have done something good or because, you know, they are the best parents. It's, it's, it's to your benefit that you honor the people God has put in your life to cover you. They are the ones that brought you into the earth. If it was not for them, you wouldn't be here. It doesn't matter if they they haven't done anything big for you or good for you or they were not good parents. The fact that you are here is because of them. If it was not for them, you wouldn't be here. So it, it is in your own interest that you honor your parents. It's in your own interest that you take care of your old parents. It's in your own interest because at the end of the day, there is a promise that you will live long. But also your parents are like the creators on this earth. They are the ones that, you know, created you. So they are, they are co-creators with God to create you. And so it's like they are God's God, a small God. I don't want to lose, I don't, I didn't want to use that, but yeah, it's like they're God here on earth, right? Your, your parents have the ability to bless you, but to curse you. Look at Jacob and Esau and Isaac. Your parents have the ability to bless you. And so God in his loving kindness put a command for us. It's a rule, honor your parents because they have the ability to bless your life. And so if you want to live long, 
honor your parents. It, it, it was a commandment of love. You shall not murder. And Jesus refined this commandment and said, even if you hate somebody, <laughs> you, you have, you're murdering. But the thing about hate is that it eats you up. It does not affect the person you're hating. It affects you as a person, right? And so it is for your own benefit that you hate nobody. The Bible says, um, is it Thessalonians that do have be at peace with everybody or nobody anything except love if it is in your power be at peace with everybody right like head and unforgiveness is a lord is a burden that you don't want to carry as a child of god and so because god is god of love he already knows that if you carry head, you're going to limit yourself. You're going to limit your life. You're going to carry burdens that you have no business carrying. In his loving kindness, he put this commandment. And yes, it's murder here, which is extreme, but even head, because that's what Jesus said. Surely I tell you, if you hate a brother, that's murder. Adultery, Jesus refined that as well. If you look at a woman lustfully, that's adultery. But all these things are there to protect us. Not thinking, not looking at people lustfully is there to guard your mind, is there to guard your heart. It is a guardrail for you to keep you pure and not to give the enemy a foothold in your life i told you my story before this is where it started from i began to look at things to look at men lustfully and that was ad adultery i may not be in the act but the, my mind began it was a seed that was sown and my mind began to 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 my mind began to have lustful thoughts about these men and before I knew it, I was down a rabbit hole that almost killed me. And so it is for your own benefit. It's for our own benefit that we constantly submit our thoughts to God, that we are very conscious not to bear lustful thoughts. So this commandment was to guard us from allowing the enemy to have a foothold in our lives. Do not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covert your neighbor's house. And I want to tell you a story of how coverting led me astray. So you coverting, I coverted um, my sister. I have a big sister and she moved to London before way back i was still in school and every time she came back to uganda i just coveted her i coveted her her the way she talked the way she talked i coveted the way she wore i coveted the way she carried herself the things she had i coveted everything and before i knew it i was desiring to go to London not because 
there was anything you know i much that i i wanted in london but i just desired who she was i desired to be like her i covert I, yeah that's the right word but the things that i had to do to get to london were not godly but the thing that pushed me was the covetousness i hope that's the right word that i had and so if you covert money it's gonna it, it becomes a vehicle it becomes a pushing force that blinds you i think i think that's the right word covetousness is a blinding factor it blinds you from the will of god for your life it blinds you from the the from integrity and honesty because you are seeking something that is not of your is not yours is out of god's plan for you it's okay to appreciate things but when you get to a place of coverting them and thinking that i want that it leads us astray because god has a plan for us and once we follow and covert other people's houses wives way of life you know it it takes us away from god's plan because if that was what god had for us he would have given it to us because he's a good father and every good and perfect gift comes from him and so if he's not given you something yet either it's not be- it's because it's not yet time or it's not the what he has for you but if you are in covetousness you are going to go after it anyway because covetousness is a spirit it is an evil spirit that pushes you and gives and makes you just want to get things that are not even meant to be yours and so um as i wind up <laughs> my prayer is that um you will go back to these Ten Commandments. You will look at them and you will pray through them and that God will mold your heart again so that you are able to really walk in them, to seek God first, to worship no other God but Him, not to have idols. And uh, yeah, may God bless you. May God bless you. If you find this episode helpful, share it, um, leave a comment. Please follow, subscribe, so that you're notified every time I release an episode. And yeah, that's my story. That's how I lost the faith. That's how I gained the faith. And yeah, hopefully I'll get a chance to share more about my life. But I'm very grateful for the gift of salvation. And uh, I'm going to pray for anybody that wants to receive Christ today. I 
you could just repeat these words after me. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for me at Calvary. Thank you for my life. I ask you to come into my life and be my Lord and my Savior. I accept you as my Savior. I ask you for salvation, and I pray that I will be born again. Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God and that you died for me, that my sins be forgiven. And so, come into my life and be Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've said that prayer, you are born again. Get, get You can get in touch with me and uh, we can, I can walk with you, but also I can point you to a good church in your neighborhood and then you can walk this journey of being a child of God. And yeah, God bless you. Thank you for listening in. Bye.